South Seas Healthcare, providing excellent health and wellbeing for Pacific people and all communities. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. That is rugby league. Welcome in to Running It Straight for another Wednesday. Sammy Hewitt sitting in alongside Kempe as we take you through until 4 o'clock talking rugby league, rugby league and more rugby league in the NRL with a fo- uh, focus on the Warriors. Um, coming up today, we've got a very special guest on the line to Mighty Martin, who has just come out of surgery. Kempe, a couple of days ago, he said he'd lay off the tramadols for the afternoon just so he can get coherent for <laughs> us. Looking forward to chatting to him and... Um, just asking him about the, I guess, the transition back over to the Warriors and how that's played out. Obviously, not ideal for him. Now that he's going to spend a significant stint on the sidelines. But um, very interested to see uh, to, to hear about Tamati's experience through the through preseason and the first few rounds this year in the NRL. Uh, we will also talk through this weekend's, uh, well, not this weekend, this Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday's Anzac game between the Warriors and the Melbourne Storm. We'll have a look at some of the NRL games over the weekend as well. As always, your text on double eight double three, or you can call us 0800 150. We would love to uh, have you involved in the program, but we always have a look back after a couple of days to just sit back and assess Kempe, uh, the game from the weekend on Saturday night between the Warriors and the Cowboys. 22 points to 14, the Warriors get up over the Cowboys. Um, a pretty impressive display, especially defensively from the Warriors. Um, a game that probably in the past they, they they would have lost, different in 2023. Yeah, look, it wasn't the prettiest of games, Sam. You know, the, the amount of errors that were, uh, that were handed up by both sides wasn't for good viewing, but the like you just touched on the most impressive part of the game was the 17 missed tackles that kept them in the game. I thought on the edges both uh, Sean and and Dills Walker who actually played played in the in the 5-8 role 3 at 3 and defender defended oh, stoutly I've got to say the amount of um, traffic they had thrown at them they, they just repelled it set after set and it kept them in the game and you know their attack said it all when they never had the ball, they never had the, the momentum, the shifts or anything like that, yet when they got a chance on the back of a piggyback generally, which was what the Cowboys were doing, they went down and they, they scored points and put 20-odd 20, 20 points past them. And for a Cowboys side that uh, has the same shape and, and and staff as they did last year, it's got to be very disappointing for Todd Payton to go seven rounds um, for five and two um, that's five losses and two wins mm. and, and be in a position where he's right down the back end of the table because I, I thought after last year and, and how he'd kept all the stock together that they'd be pushing at least for top four this time of the year so um, the Warriors though on the other hand they're starting to they're starting to emulate uh, a finals looking team you know what I mean they're, they're digging in they're, they're playing for each other and I just love the conversations that we had with um, Andrew Webster on Monday morning you know just saying we know we made a lot of errors it wasn't a, a pretty game um, but we'll, we'll readdress it and just continually for for the rest of the year keep working on our defence because it, as we know it's defence that wins finals and uh, two points is two points Kempi uh, the last time the Warriors went five and two coincidentally 2002 remember what happened back then well you know it's round, what is it? Round eight, okay. Coming yeah. into round eight, yep. I've got a, I've got a um, sneaky um, feeling that this team is going to sneak into the eight. I think you know it does feel like two thousand and one. The way that defensively they've just come out and won games that they shouldn't have won, and they and they and they're playing for each other, which is really refreshing. You know, you don't matter who you put out there on the side. Uh, I think they're carrying. They're the third worst team for injuries at the moment. The Bulldogs, obviously, the top with 11 injuries. The Warriors and a number of other teams are carrying seven each. Yeah. But it's not the injuries. It's the players that have been injured 
that um, have been replaced by players that have had to step in and do a do a number for for the Warriors team, and, and each one that have stepped up to that um, position that has to be covered has actually gone out there and done a really really good job. So that must be a really refreshing um, part of of Andrew Webster's campaign so far, knowing that he can call on players coming through the grades to go out there and get the job done for him. I'm surprised, Kempe, um, that you, when you're talking about your highlights from Saturday, um, of all the things that happened over the 80 minutes, I'm surprised that this wasn't uh, your highlight. <laughs> Starting on the 40, the Warriors. The tap from Antoya, and it's dropped by Jackson Ford right off the restart. And the Cowboys are... Patting each other on the back and licking each other's, well, licking not each other's lips, but licking their own lips. And I tell you what, they didn't even is have that, to is do that anything. The, is that on the Christmas? They didn't is that on the Christmas? Day? Oh, it will be. They didn't even have to do anything. They just watched Jackson Ford. Can r- someone r- turn r- the lights r- off? Sammy's gone red. Walk right into that. It was a highlight, Sammy. I've been so well, Kimpy, as 12 months era free. And here we are, just got to me. It had to get to me at some stage. It was nearly as good as your clock call. Don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Kempi, the, the thing that um, I think impresses me the most um, after the after the performance was that every game we're seeing just a little bit of something different from the Warriors. So you saw in the game um, against the Sharks where they get in a hole. You know, they're 20 points down. They, they fight their way out of it. You saw in a game against the Cowboys, they don't have possession. They're on their line. They're defending strong. They make errors. They win the game. We've seen games where they have, um, you know, managed to hold off for the element. So, what's impressing me the most is the fact that from game to game, we're seeing different sides of the Warriors in different situations, and they're handling them, uh, handling them perfectly. Look, one of the things that Andrew Webster's brought back to the club, and I'm pretty sure that he would have got this from Ivan because Ivan learnt it when the Warriors went through that run um, back in the early 2000s, is that the first thing you have to get right is your fitness. All right, you have to have a fit team that can operate under fatigue and do things consistently through the off season, through through getting ready for the season where they go out there during the season and and they're not going to be caught out. And we've seen a leaner side, we've seen a team that plays for eighty minutes, and we've seen a team like the Cowboys were last year in the same situation, pull off miraculous yeah. wins like Cronulla against Cronulla. Um, because they had, you know, and Todd Payton, they had a documentary about Todd Payton doing this on that hill up in Townsville where he got them fit. Now, don't take away the amount of work that Andrew Webster's put in them in the off-season. The first thing he's got right is their fitness. And we've always known that if you've got a Kiwi team uh, with the talent that we have, if they're fit, then they are dangerous. And all of the good pundits are picking that. You know, you've got people in the in Australia saying, if we come against the, the Warriors and you don't show up to play, they're going to give you a lesson. And the Warriors have done that so far this year. So, you know, now that you're eight rounds into the competition and you're working out where the competition's going, look, I think there's other factors, Sam, we can talk about that. But at the moment, I, I see a resilient Warriors side that has been coached really well and who are fit. And they want to play for each other, which makes a hell of a difference. So um, I'll tell you now, if they, they come up against sides, whether they're home and away, because I think they're resilient while they're away because they've been living overseas for the last two years, mm-hmm. um, they're going to they're gonna surprise a few teams. And by saying that, with the way the competition's going, where it's four points split and one and 15, they'll, they could easily end, end up in the eight, but quite easily end up in the yep. four. No, I totally take your point there. Um, let's hope one of the teams they do upset is the Melbourne Storm on Tuesday. We're going to talk about that game after 3.30 uh, as well as some of the other big games this weekend. But we do have Tamati Martin coming up very, very shortly. We're going to uh, take a break. If you want to send some questions in, double eight, double three. just before we do that though, Kempe, um, I just want to ask you so that listeners get a sense of, of what we're talking to. What, what what are you keen to hear from Tamati Martin who obviously has, uh, is spending his lengthy stint on the sidelines. He's just gone 
through surgery. Um, but what are you interested to hear from Tamari Man? Yeah, look, I think the real um, question I want to ask him about is leadership, you know what I mean? Because he's had to step up on a, on a number of occasions, uh, especially defensively, and make some really big defensive decisions and tidy up the edges which have always let us down over the last three or four years. So, you know, you've got the likes of Noor Kore and um, forward there, Mitch Barnett, they have all been injured and he was in the side at the time. What was that? What does that leadership look like? But what does it look like with Sean Johnson being there? You know what I mean? Because Sean Johnson, to me, it looks like he's finally he's finally understanding what it means to manage a game. And as we saw on the weekend, even even when they were repelling them set after set, he goes down the other end of the field and he throws a nice little safe short ball for Curran to go over. Mm. You know what I mean? He throws that nice little chip through, bounces back, it straight to Dills Walker. Doesn't he's he's now seen things that um, a, a patient game manager sees. So I want to see what, how tomorrow feels behind that. Yeah. Do you know it's interesting you saying that? I feel like in a, in a funny way, Sean's playing without thinking. I know he's playing smarter and he's managing the game better, but it's almost like he's not overthinking it. And even just that play there, it was almost reactive, wasn't it? Instinctive, as opposed to a Sean in the past who seems like he was he was thinking too much about doing something you know, in a particular way, and that was sort of his undoing. Yeah, look, I, look, I don't think you take away from the players that he's got around him. I think it makes him feel comfortable so yeah. that he can just play what he sees in front of him, knowing that he's not going to be let down. That defensive display from Sean Johnson, I haven't said this at all this week, that def- defensive display from Sean Johnson when I was watching it in the box with you is the best defensive game I've seen from him for four or five years. No missed tackles in that game for Sean Johnson. I think he made 16 or 17 with no missed tackles, which is pretty good for a half, um, especially with some of those forwards coming in from the Cowboys. Um, we will take a break. Uh, Tamari Martin is going to be on the line when we come back. Like I said, any questions for him? Double eight, double three to Mighty Martin coming up after this. Welcome back into Running It Straight. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. And we have a very special guest on the line with us now. It is uh, Warriors Half. He's recovering at the moment after a very brutal injury. It's to Mighty Martin on the phone. G'day, to Mighty. G'day, guys. How are you? Oh, we're doing well, mate. How are you doing? More importantly, uh, under the knife and uh, and hitting the drugs hard over the last few days. How are you feeling? <laughs> Hitting the drugs hard, yeah, on the trammies and um, <laughs> but was a bit kooky yesterday. But no, I've come back to you and I lucky you text last night. Otherwise, I'd have been kooky again. But no, we're good at the moment, mate. That's good. Yeah, obviously uh, tomorrow it's Kimpy here. Um, good to hear that you're on the recovery, mate. Because uh, I know that eventually they're going to need you back out there. But just wanted to ask you the question around leadership and and your first six weeks in at the in the number six jersey with the Warriors. How have you found that, mate? You know, because you've had a couple of key injuries to players and HIAs that have been out um, and playing around the back of Sean. Have you have you found that Sean stepped up on that front line and you've been able to, to do things that you want at the back there? Yeah, I think, I think um, well, it just shows the depth we have uh, when we have had some players out. Obviously, we had Barnett out with that neck injury and, Wade Egan's had a few um, head knocks and Tohu been out when he was out, but um, we have we've got some boys that, that definitely have stepped up. Sean, especially, um, it just shows in the way he's been playing. Um, he's playing with a lot of confidence at the moment, and he's got a real clear understanding of his job. And, and Webby's sort of, you know, we all know our jobs real clear. And um, at the moment, Sean is the you know, he's the muppet. Um, he's pulling all the strings and. Um, he's, he's calling on where the ball goes most of the time. So 
if he, you know, if he has the clear understanding, he's playing with confidence. It's um, that's a, it's a good step for, for our team on on which direction we're going in. Mm. You mentioned um, roles there to Mighty. Just just talk us through what you sort of see your role in as that number six jersey. What we've sort of been saying to you because you know a lot of people can see the pressure that you've taken off Sean um, with the way that you're sort of running the football and and commanding the troops out the back. So sort of how do you see your role in that six jersey working alongside Sean? Yeah, my role's um, pretty simple to be honest. I've just had the, um, you know, all I had to, all I have to do is, um, obviously we've seen that Shawnee does most of the kicking, so it's getting, getting our kick line, um, our kick chase, leading our kick chase, um, first and foremost, and then getting out my defence right, and then just on the on the, on the back of attackers, um, because most of the time Shawnee's indicated on where we're going and. He, um, he plays what's in front of him. Um, if they do overstack numbers on on his side, then that's that's my cue to run. And the same on Chance's side too. He's sort of the, at the back of shape on the right, and I'm at the back of shape on the left. So if we um, if we see anything where they try to overstack any numbers on Shawnee's side, then that's our cue to go. And mm. and that's what we've done. And I don't think I've taken um, any of the pressure off him. I think, like I said before. Webby's just made it real clear on everyone's roles and what they need to look for and the cues they need to look for. And um, if we do that properly, in between other things like running hard and quick play the balls and getting our defence right, um, it's a pretty simple game, rugby league, and that's what he's, he's sort of made it for us. Hey, Tamari, you, you must have been impressed with Dills Walker on the weekend, his defence on the edge at three, and, and the same on the other side with Sean. Just tell us the importance of having, you know, and then big back rowers next year like Noor Kore and, uh, and of course, forward, standing in that foreign position when you've got players coming at you. Yeah, it definitely helps. Um, I was, I, yeah, I got, the, got the luxury of um, standing next to Jacko Ford and, um, to be honest, I didn't know too much about Jacko before he came to the club, and um, seeing him work over the off season um, was just crazy. And, and playing next to him, he he likes to put his his head in where where most people don't like to put their feet. So as a half <laughs> next to him, um, he, he definitely enjoyed that. And um, I, I I myself um, enjoy the defense side of of the games, and if, if I'm not um, getting myself in the game through my defence and then the attack doesn't come. So having someone like Jacko next to me personally, it, it really helps my game. And um, I think um, Shawnee could say the same with Murata or, or Joshi Karanis next to him. And um, you can tell that Shawnee's defending a lot better than um, previous years. And I think that's just the confidence thing and, and what um, Webby's brought in on, on roles and, and being clear on stuff. So, Obviously, Kai, Kai and Johnny that have come in as well that have helped us in our in our wrestle um, on the mats mm. that helps also. But um, yeah, definitely little things that um, I suppose the naked eye, the, the people that don't know rugby league too well, they don't see with with little things like play the ball speed and and how much that affects everything. And um, at the moment, uh, there's, a, there's there's a lot more clarity around um, what we're up to. 
so that, that obviously helps. Mm. Uh, Tomati Martin is our guest on Running It Straight this afternoon. If you've got any questions, you can send them through on double eight double three. There's a couple that have come through sort of on the same theme here, Tomati, so I'll sort of paraphrase, but I will read this one out from Dave from Manawatu. He says, Tomati, love what you bring to the team, and it's great to have you back home. The way you've got yourself back playing NRL was incredible. Love the way you play the game. Your defence is outstanding. How has the Warriors' training sessions helped that? And some of the other questions have sort of come in around um, the defence of the team this year as well as the fitness. So talk to us about the work that was done in the pre-season to get you to that point and, and yeah, I guess uh, the defensive work that the team's gone through through the first six rounds. Um, pre-season, well, everyone knows that everyone that does a pre-season knows, knows they ain't easy. Um, they're, the, they're the tougher times of of the whole footy season. It's Once you get to round one, it's, it's a big relief because you're finish all that pre-season. There's a lot of K's that get put in, but mm. um, for us, I think the difference was um, the intent into things. So the way we the way we trained was, um, you know, if there was an error or something, we'd brush it and we'll move on and um, we'll come back to it later on through video or, or something like that. We wouldn't sit around and, and moan about it. We'd, we'd go on and um, finish off the rest of our session and then go back to it later on. We wouldn't walk past things and you know, let errors let errors happen that um, might be through laziness or, or something. Would always would always um, try and try and figure out a way to fix it. But um, we wouldn't dwell on it as well. We wouldn't sit around for a couple of minutes just thinking what we could have done and at, at that time. So a lot of um, real quick sharp drills that we've done over the preseason, and um, even though yeah, our defense. Will, We've been doing well in patches, but there's still a long way to go. And um, it was probably just good to see see us get a, a get into the game early on on the weekend. Just go and get in the first try. I think that's the first time I've done it throughout the, <laughs> throughout the season. So that well, was yeah. It actually got me a bit nervous. Actually, we've we've won some games when we've let them score first. So it was it was quite different seeing us score first. Mm. But um, I forgot to I forgot to answer your question about Dill Walks the other the last question. But he's a freak. He just he plays everywhere, um, and he doesn't just play good. Every he plays really well wherever he gets put. Mm. Um, there was the other week when I got um, I got a concussion. I didn't play against um, the Sharks, and he ended up coming on in the last fifteen minutes of that game at at, at half. So he come on at half, and I texted straight after the game. Just, not to get too comfortable there because I know how good he is there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want him getting sitting in that six of too long. Just uh, slowly push me out, but um, it's good for him. He, um, he's a good dude. He's a, he's a legend and he's one of the leaders at the club. He's one of those people that really knows when to um, change the mood. He knows when to be serious, and he's he's also one of those guys that likes to lighten up the mood and um, he's just a happy chappy. So he's he's a, definitely a good dude to have around around the team and I'm. I'm really happy that he's um, he's going good in, in the team. He's uh, he'd be leading on the players' players for sure. The way that he's come on um, in any, any position that he plays, uh, Webby's right. He might even get a sniff in with Origin come Origin time. That's coming up shortly, mate. Just um, talking about fitness and and all that sort of stuff. But momentum swings in a game, and currently this this uh, I think it's something like fourteen Sinbins on the weekend. What what are, what are the players making of the? Um, the shifts in momentum and like if you're given a penalty especially a piggyback I noticed especially the game the week before against Newcastle you're giving up points is it that serious at the moment where you've just got to be squeaky clean? 
yeah, it is getting to that to that point because um, last week, yeah, like you said, against Newcastle, we gave a few we gave a few yardage penalties away, and even though they're down the other end of the field, they get our attacking set when they get to come in, and it's just it's too it's too hard these days, and with our averages of tackles now in 20 before this game we just played is you know, I think it was something like 20 tackles before they were getting a, a try in our, in our tackles in our line and on defence sorry mm. and then it went, to, it went to something like 7 or 8 tackles in our 20 and, and opposition just scoring a try so we um, we addressed that real quick or we did sorry and um, it got it definitely got a lot better against the Cowboys but um yeah, like you said, there was a few suspensions, and obviously no one, no one likes playing with um, one less player or two less players in their team. So there's a fine line between, um, like we said before, that slowing down the tackle or, or things like that. You know, hip drops are another one that have been probably mm. sucking the gas out of suspensions. But um, sometimes, sometimes you have to. You can't be too clean where you're, where you're letting them play the ball fast because you know that's just going to end up in tries eventually because they're going to roll down too fast and get too many fast play the ball. So there's a, there's a fine line and um, you just got to try and find it. You've got to try and find it early as, as you know you can't um, let them let them um, fight, mm. play the ball fast at the start of the game and then try and wrestle it back by the end of the game. It's not how it works. It's trying to find a line early and it's got to be consistent too from from the referee. So what the sort of timing is um, has to stay like that. Mm. But I, I'm not too sure that these hip drop things are all over the show at the moment. Yeah, well, and the one that the one that caused your injury, mate. We were talking about that one for a for a couple of hours last week on the show as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Tamari, question that's coming here from Steve says question for Tamari. Not asking you to bag the Broncos, but what are you enjoying more about footy this season? <laughs> Pre-injury, obviously. Um. <laughs> Pre-injury, yeah, um, and just I'm just enjoying being home. Honestly, it's it's um, really nice being home. Obviously, with the got a little girl now, she's just turned eight weeks old. So, this, I don't know if this injury's been a bit of a blessing. I get to spend a bit more time with her at home, um, listening to how much she cries in the daytime while I'm away at training. Mm. <laughs> um, but being home, just being home and being close to family, it's I'm. I'm quite a big family person and so is my partner she's from New Zealand as well so um, having that family support around really helps and just being um, being around the Kiwi culture I guess if people um, it's hard to explain it's just a different different feel and it's a good good vibe around the club obviously um, when you're winning games anywhere is good but um, it definitely does feel a little bit more special when, when you're winning here at Back home in New Zealand. Yeah, for sure. So, what's uh, what's the um, sort of recovery plan for you, mate? Um, you've obviously got your your feet up for the next wee while, but uh, yeah, when when can we sort of expect to see you back out on the trading panic and maybe making a return to a game? Uh, depend, depends how um, fast it heals. We had a plan on just putting a rod through the through the fibula bone, but as they done as they opened it up, it was a bit more tougher than they thought, so they had to put a plate on there and a few screws and the rest of it but um two weeks um i'll have my leg up for and then be in a moon boot after that and it's just depending on how fast i heal so um gotta try and try and call up uh, a few of the family members and 
get all, get whatever the um, mouldy medicine is out there, the kawakawas <laughs> and the buhas <laughs> and the water and oil us and try, try and heal these bones quicker. So um, probably you said uh, anywhere between eight to ten weeks. So um, nice. I'll probably say about seven. Nice. Seven, I hope. Yep. Well, mate, yeah. we all we're all looking forward to you to you getting back to full fitness and getting back on the field. I, I know one group that isn't looking forward to it, mate, are all the pigs and boars out at Taharoa. They're probably getting a break from you uh, with your with your leg up on the couch, mate. Really appreciate you coming on to Mighty. Uh, I know the listeners loved it as well. Lots of good feedback here on the text machine. So go well with the recovery, mate. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see you back out there. Cheers, brother. Thank you. There you go, to Mighty Martin. Oh, love talking to him, Kempe. Really refreshing, really refreshing guy. Love love talking about it, um, hearing about his family there and, and what he's enjoying about his footy in 2023, which is probably most of the boys, isn't it? Just being back home and, and being around family in, in a comfortable environment. Yeah, look, I, I think the, the main thing, because they're going so well at the moment, is that the conversations that they're having are nice and relaxed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. They're sitting second on the, on the ladder. They don't mind talking uh, to us. And, and, of course, there's lots of positive uh, affirmation in and around all the stuff that's been going on. For sure. What I learned out of that, basically, was that the coaches really drilled down on what their specific roles are, no matter who it is and where they play. And, of course, you've got someone like Dylan Walker that's a pro, that's been around for a long time, that picks it up quicker than a lot of other people yep. and has come out there in a number of positions and done, done a job for them this year. So, uh, again, tip my hat to, to Webby and his coaching staff for doing such a, a wonderful job so far in the season. And, you know, when you've got blokes like that too, and I wanted to make this point when I asked him the question, how important is the guy that you're standing next to? Because I remember that when I was playing. If you had, you know, Tawada Nico on your inside and Richie Blackmore on your outside, man, your job was easy. And and like he said, you know, I was so happy. I'm mean, so happy to have uh, Jackson Ford there because he puts his head where people don't want to put their feet. Yeah. Um, and I get that, you know, because there are there are people there that you sit next to that you've got to go and put your head there where they're meant to put their heads, and that makes your job a lot tougher. Yeah, absolutely. Big uh, round eight clash against the Melbourne Storm coming up on Tuesday for the Warriors. We're going to take a break for new sport and weather. When we come back, we will talk about that game as well as some of the other big round eight action across the NRL this weekend. Stay with us. Yeah, service provider, great catching up with Tamaiti Martin. Just a couple of texts that have come through across uh, YouTube, watching on YouTube live and on Facebook and. Uh, uh, on the text machine as well. Um, question from the YouTube channel. Kempi says, do you think it's a g- uh, it would be a good idea starting to Opiki and moving CNK to six? Why not try it for a game? Oh, look, I think uh, at the moment it's really important. You know, it's, The injuries play a massive part in the, the makeup of your side and you want senior players out there on the football field. As we saw on the weekend, I don't think if you didn't have Dills Walker in that six jersey, chance at fullback and Sean on the other edge, they wouldn't have stopped all those those ram raids that were trying to go down the, those edges, you know what I mean? Um, so I just think you've got to be a little bit patient with Otoopiki because his time will come when those injuries really start to take um, toll. And he is so close because he's been named in that 17 jersey. You'd say, I didn't use him on the weekend. Mm. Um, and that goes to say a lot about the, the coach's mentality when the, t- the tough are going, that I've got to keep my senior players out there and rotate them. You 100%. saw what happened when Tohu came back. Well, and, the, and I think it, the whole decision around to Opiki was actually around Tohu Harris. So should something have gone wrong, should they not have been able to put him back on, then we might have seen... Walker go to 13, chance into the halves, etc. So yeah. um, I think you're bang on there. I think that's Webby's indication that he'd rather stick with the senior guys if he can. Um, another text in here from Louis says, lads, interested to hear your thoughts on Montoya in the centres and if you think that's a good long-term option. Still oh, got uh, Braden Williami to come back as well, bearing in mind, but do you like what you see from Montoya? 100%. 100%. 
and they miss the energy. You know what I mean? I'd, look, like we said pre-game, I find it very hard that you had um, DWZ sitting out there in number no man's land. Mm. You know, Kiwi, ex-Kiwi captain, NRL specialist, senior player on the team, and you've got a young um, number 14 sitting there. Of course he was going to be moved. I just didn't see Vilea, although the edges have been pretty average over the last few weeks, being shifted out of it. So Mark, the way that Montoya plays, like not many blokes are going to pick that loose ball up, change it in both hands a couple of times, throw two fins in, mm. and and only because he was falling couldn't make it to the trial and then throw that pass back inside to, to um, Ed Cossie, you know what yeah. I mean? It was, yeah, it was like it's, a, it's a real, try of the a week real it, shot. Try of the week it, it was it, on it, the NRL website. I listened to it on the way in again and uh, I saw it again when I got in here and just thought, man, that's a that's your highlight. That's yeah. Montoya's highlight. He'll play that for his grandkids. Yeah. Yeah, and doing very well. So, you know, uh, Jimmy says, Kempe, do you think the Wires have made a change on attack? Uh, at first, for a couple of games, was all backdoor lateral movements, rather repetitive. Now it's, oh, I don't know what I, that I, next look, bit word is, but says, appreciate if this gets fixed. That's from Jimmy. Look, I think, hey, Jimmy, look, I think what's happened is that it's really important where that six and that one stand. Um, and it was really good to get that question to tomorrow, Martin, and, and get him to explain it to us. If they get that part right, then what happens with Sean is he gets to go directly to the line. Because a lot of people haven't picked up on what Sean's doing. And he's moving over the advantage line and hitting those nice soft hand short passes because his hands are beautiful. Hmm. You know what I mean? But he's not playing so far back where they're rushing at him and making him play quickly. His forwards are doing enough for him in the middle where he can go across that ad line. I, I think they've straightened up a lot. Seriously, I do. I don't think they go side to side as often, I think there is the game has that problem where they go side to side, yep. um, very robotic. Yep. But I think once teams with halfbacks decide to go forward, that's the better team. The better teams. You look at Re- Reynolds, for instance. Did you see that play from Reynolds? Yep. Like he went, he went so far forward that the defence went way past him, and he just had a <laughs> short pass. The same thing happened for Sean on the weekend, where the defence ran up past him, and they go, you know, that's the halfback play at the moment. Go forward like Andrew Johns used to do, and make the defence play. That actually makes your mind up. Absolutely. And the last one here from Sean Kempe. I may have asked this before, but can you see assisted lifting like a union coming into league with all the short kickoffs that teams are starting to use? Yeah. Are they allowed to do it in league? Well, not, no. Not really, I don't not really, th- in, the, not I, really in the rules? Yeah. I, look, the rules are so complex when it comes to uh, defending and attacking kicks. Right. That you've got to be really careful. So it could be um, like an escort or something. That's right. Could be considered, yeah, it's, okay. it's really, really messy. And I think sometimes you've got to be careful on when you do those because, you know, as we saw on the weekend, one short one short dropout. Let's, this, this is with Sean. Okay. So he shoots for goal, he misses it. They go for a short dropout, kick it out on the full. Hmm. And they win the game anyway because he gives it, gives it back to them. I just think sometimes those short kicks, we don't do them enough to, to nail them. And they. Um, teams are going to lose out more often than they win. Yeah, I think I'll be interested to see the stats around um, the retention versus losing the ball on those short kickoffs. Look, we're running out of time here. I do want to um, tuck into this uh, Anzac game um, on Tuesday. We're going to go through the teams and talk about it, Kempi. But just before we do get to the break, I um, wanted to ask you about um, the decision or the the decisions to not have this Anzac Day game be a sort of um, New Zealand-Australia back-and-forth fixture because when you think about Anzac, I mean, it literally is the epitome of Australia and New Zealand coming together, the Storm and the Warriors. So how come every single year it's over in Melbourne and we don't get it over here in New Zealand? Well, not for a number of years now anyway. Well, my understanding with Melbourne is that uh, the Anzac game, it's one of Melbourne's highlights of the year. So, you know, not just for rugby league, but also for AFL. Like, if you follow the AFL, 
Anzac time is a massive um, time for AFL in in and around Australia around Anzac time, and of course, so Melbourne have bought into that. They have a lot of um, work that they do with the AFL in and around Anzac, and of course, New Zealand going over there just makes it a right. bit more of a weekend for Melbourne when it comes to Anzac weekend. I see. Look, I don't have a problem with it. I think the biggest stage, the 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 where that game is played, adds to the theatre of it. It'd be nice to have it in New Zealand and Melbourne come here. Um, we do. We will get Melbourne in New Zealand, but I think that Anzac game. It's like Test match, Sammy. I'd say that Australia New Zealand Test matches should always be played in Aussie because they get the bigger crowd and they get the bigger corporates and and it gives money to the to the game that's broken this country. We play it in New Zealand and we struggle to fill the oh, stadium. You're talking about Kiwis Kangaroos. Yeah, 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 for sure, hundred um, percent. Okay, cool. Well, we got to tuck into this game, go through the team list, and have a little look at it, Kempi. So we'll take a break. Uh, you can text on double eight double three if you've got any thoughts about this uh, Storm Warriors game and how you see you playing it out on Tuesday night. Live commentary, of course, here on SENZ. So we will do all of that on the break. Listening to Running It Straight here on SENZ. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Welcome back into Running It Straight. We're going to talk about the uh, Storm Warriors Anzac Day game very, very shortly. But a couple of texts that have quickly come through on double eight double three. I like this one. Anzac uh, test in Melbourne. Melbourne was the first port stop for our troops from New Zealand to meet up with the diggers, Aussie soldiers, before being shipped over to Toto, England together. Then they were sent to battle. Important stuff happened in Melbourne. Um, so that's a reason why I can be as well. Um, from Joe, enjoy your show, guys. One question. Montoya is off contract at the end of this year. Have you heard of any extension or re-signing of him beyond 2023? I would be gutted if he leaves, as would many others. i tell you what, Joe, the Brecky boys who often get Andrew Webster on or they get um, uh, at least a coach on, Get you to ask him that next week, eh, Kim? 100%. Where we'll, are they? Find, we'll find that out for you, Joe, and we'll uh, put it to whoever comes on next Monday. Uh, and Jared says, great show, fellas. Looking forward to Anzac Clash. And 99% sure it won't be the embarrassment it was last year on a day of such significance. Imagine a Warriors win. Defo with Webby and the boys. So let's talk about that game on Tuesday night. We're going to have live coverage here, uh, coverage here on SENZ for you. The kickoff is at 9pm. It's a bit of a late one for a Tuesday night, but it is a public holiday. So the Warriors team named number one, Chance Nicole Kloostar, the two wingers, Dallin Martinez-Lesniak, Edward Cossey, Marcelo Montoya, Adam Pompey in the centres, Dylan Walker, Sean Johnson, the half. So basically unchanged in the back line from the Cowboys side. Uh, Adam Fanor, Blake, Jazz, Tavanga, the two props, Freddie Lussick. Uh, in the number nine jersey, so Wade Egan not quite back from the HIA. Jackson Ford, Maratini Akora, who comes back in off suspension in the second row, and Torhu Harris starts in the 13 jersey. Bailey Seren and Josh Curran, Bunty Afoa, Tom Ali on the interchange for Melbourne. Quickly, Nick Meany at fullback, Will Warbrick, Remus Smith, Justin Mollum, Xavier Coates, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes. That's the back line. Uh, Sofa Solomona and Christian Welch, the two props, Harry Grant at hooker, Tro- uh, Trent Liero, Eliasa Katoa and Josh King are the back rowers. Then uh, Bronson Garlic, Alec McDonald, Tom Eisenhuth, Tariq Sims on the interchange. Now, Kempe, the stats don't favour the Warriors, but it does feel a little bit different this time around in 2023. Yeah, it does. And uh, 12 and under, you know, I think they get 12 and a half points. He'd start five bucks at the TAB with the Warriors. I think they're going to be hanging around there um, with the changes. Uh, Kamikamika is out with uh, Nelson coming back in at front row. I think... Uh, that's probably better for us that Nelson's missed a few games because he'll be underdone. Um, the scary part is Munster goes back to six and mean he's back at fullback because, oh, like I said, you should never move Munster and uh, Jerome Hughes. Look what they did the week before. They had to move him back to fullback where they lost all their shape. So I'm pretty sure Webby will do some work there. But getting Maratun uh, Norkori back is huge to, uh, to the side, you know, to throw him back in there. And you have a look at our bench. Now our bench has got some size. So expecting a, a big battle through the middle of the park with that bench that uh, he's chosen. And the way that we're going, you know, 
we ain't going to be lying down for 80 minutes like like um, you've just pointed out. I don't, this this one, like, you're talking 2001, 2002. It's it's the year you throw the stat book out. If we're going to go stats, then next week we should never, uh, last week we should never win the Correct. game. Correct. You know what I mean? Spot on. It is like, it is like that this year where teams, uh, we, you're looking at stats, you're trying to make decisions. Well, mate, the first seven rounds, how many winners could you pick? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think anyone's gone eight from eight and tipping so <laughs> and tipping so far. No, so I think look, I think this game is some significance. I think at the moment too, like it, it is a massive. I love that text about you know our diggers going and meeting over there and then travelling off um, on their on their journeys and stuff like that. Like I think there is some meaning that Andrew Webster could probably build in and around this team when they go there, mm-hmm. you know, and get them to actually feel because I've been over there in a Melbourne game and seen how Frank Panisi and Craig Bellamy um, attach the Melbourne team to it. It is one of their biggest games of the year. Yeah, you know, the whole of the state buys into Anzac Day, and what we need to do just to make sure that we stay with them um, is to make sure that we know the significance of that game that Melbourne put um, on it just as much. Yeah, their results in 2023 should give Warriors fans confidence. They went down to the Bulldogs 26-12 in round two. They lost to the Titans in round uh, three, 38-34. Only, I wouldn't say only just, but 24-12 against the Tigers wasn't convincing. And then they lose to Manly last week, 18-8, which is probably the big surprise for a lot of people. Uh, A text that has come in here from Dave says, uh, Kempi, is there a way we can at least win one of these next three games against Penrith, Roosters, Melbourne? What are your predictions? So, of those of the three teams we've got coming up, who do you think is the most likely scalp the Warriors can pick up? Oh, I think I think they all are. Seriously, I've had a look at it. Like if you have a look at what the Roosters are doing at the moment, like Sam Walker has just been dropped. They've moved Joey Manu back to five eight, and he's not going that well. And then you've got Brandon Smith playing like a second grader at the moment with the Roosters. That's that's a spine like against this great Rooster side. They they're struggling just as much as what Melbourne are with um, the way that they put Munster back to fullback last week. So. Oh, I think that either one of these games, if they can pick up one of these next three, and then they go and get the Bulldogs who are struggling with injury at the moment mm-hmm. before they go on a buy, that's four out of six, yep. isn't it? Yeah. You know, then I think that's when, if you have a look at the back end of their their um, their draw, it's looking very favourable. I agree. One more text here before we take a break because we have to we have to take one more. Uh, is it a bit of a worry that Wade Egan's again uh, off again with concussion? Yeah, it is because Lusick can't direct the traffic like Wade Egan can. Wade Egan's having a season where he's he's making me eat my own sick. You know what I mean? Um, he's actually stepped up Wade Egan this year. It's unfortunate that he's kept, kept copping a few. See the defensive. Sorry for cutting that conversation short, but. The defensive effort this year has got people putting their heads in places like Tomati Martin just said that they don't normally do it, including Wade Egan. Being the smaller man in and around this this ruling where players are trying to win the wrestle in the middle of the park, he's unfortunately had a couple of HIAs. We've just got to make sure we manage him because um, from Lusick, who's just getting the job done, we haven't got anyone like Egan that can come in and, and actually demand what he's been doing in and around that middle of the pitch. I agree. We'll take one more break. When we come back, we'll just quickly run through predictions for the rest of round eight in the NRL. Coming up to four o'clock, we are going to hand over to the run home with Kirst and Steve Devine. Uh, look, I just refreshed my uh, my page on the YouTube there, seeing all of your comments on YouTube. So what we're going to do, me and Kempe, is uh, now that we're running out of time, we're going to jump into a booth after the show. We're going to record an exclusive for the podcast channel. We'll go through your YouTube comments. We'll also go through round eight and talk through some of the key matchups. So if you're keen to listen to that, head to the Running It Straight podcast channel, which is on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get podcasts. And uh, yeah, we'll 
we'll do it as a podcast exclusive. Just 20 seconds before the top of the hour, Kempi prediction, Melbourne v Warriors. What do you got? Oh, look, I think the Warriors, if you want to take the bet, I think the Warriors 12 and, um, 12 and a half start. It's going to be that type of game. They'll you're, battle. You're, you're shirking away from saying they're going to win, Kempi. Well, I'm not going to say they're going to lose and I'm not going to say they're going to win. The run home, up next.